Welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 311, a themed episode. Yeah, 311 episodes in. And today we're talking about something that's pretty important. Uh, we've we've talked about this in the past, uh, but things change and we've grown a lot and we've kind of been able to experience uh, various forms of this. And, and today we're talking about the importance of community when it comes to reselling. And this is an interesting thing because um, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I'm kind of an introvert. I mean, there is community that I, I feel like I, is very important to me as a, as a human that I need. There's obviously family and, and close friends and various activities or hobbies that I'm involved in. Um, but as a is a, an introvert and, and I watch like a lot of resellers and I feel like reselling pulls certain crowds. So there are, I think, in, and it's a kind of almost a 50-50 split maybe, but a lot of people get into reselling because they... They kind of want to do their own thing. They don't mm-hmm, want to. They don't mm-hmm. want to be in the office with a bunch of people who are, you know, just kind of doing the office life thing. And it's to them, it's boring, it's monotonous, and they, they just want to do their own thing. They don't want to be surrounded by those people and doing those things and those bosses. And so they go into the reselling world. Um, and then there are people who are naturally more like you, a little bit more extroverted, a little bit more willing to to talk with people, and so that really helps with networking. Uh, but an episode like this really focuses on some of the ways that it's important and beneficial to have some kind of community when you're reselling and how even if you're an introvert like me, that th- having a community is going to help you make more money. It's going to help you learn a lot faster. It's going to provide encouragement, all these things. Uh, and so we're going to talk about ways you can do that and um, the importance of that. Now, I do want to start with the reason this came up was I was just reflecting on our discord and again we're not trying to push the discord but again we do have a discord that you can sign up for and the the reason being is you know mike and i i think it's been a year right since we started talking about the discord and then we finally launched it i think like in april or may i can't remember when but it was sometime around that time and you know social media can be a place that is toxic social media can be a place where you know, you really, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, there's some good ideas. And then other times you're like, oh, I'm just really tired of the showboating, the bragging. I'm tired of just, you know, the 90 day totals all the time. And I will say the Discord, since we started, it has been pretty awesome. I mean, I can't think of, I mean, and again, we don't think there's anything wrong as long as people are, you know, in in a way that they're proud of their accomplishments, showing their 90 day total, but not one person has. And maybe because we've said that we don't do that. I don't know. Yeah, we've set the precedent. Uh, yeah, but but still, it's been awesome because not only have we gained a lot of knowledge, there's just been a lot of encouragement in there. There's accountability. And so I was just thinking about this, like it's time to bring back th- this conversation about the power of the reselling community, because there is so much that can be gained you know, there are a lot of resellers that on their own do it. They don't connect with anybody. They don't network. They just kind of have their their spots. They just go to the thrift every day. They find items or they have a wholesale uh, inventory that comes to their door. But I got to tell you, Mike and I, from the podcast, we've made a lot of money, but not because of, you know, our Patreon, definitely uh, not because of our sponsorships, uh, not because of any affiliate links, it's because, because uh, of the it's due to the community. Yeah. The the knowledge, the encouragement, all of those things that come uh, with the the community for sure. And just to be clear, I want to make sure that, you know, especially because we started talking about the discord right away, this is not an advertisement for our discord uh, or, or hour long advertisement. We're going to talk for the next hour about why you should join our discord. In fact, for a lot of people, um, you know, the discord might not, might not be the right place for you. I mean, I think it would be the 
be a good place for you, but maybe for you, the the way you want to do social media, you're already, you know, attached to certain types of social media in your, your personal life or what you're looking at of community is just different. And so, you know, there, there are so many ways you could do it. It could be through YouTube, believe it or not. And there's, there's, it doesn't have the same feel and each of the different, we have an actually an episode where we talk about each of the different types of, of networks, whether it's Reddit, whether it's YouTube, whether it's forums or uh, Facebook uh, groups, each of these have a different feel and a different purpose. Uh, and so all of these are very beneficial and have some similar aspects to them of ways that they can improve your reselling. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways you can find this community. And if you're lucky enough to even have through the podcast, we've met a lot of mm-hmm. resellers in real life and, and have developed more than just a social media community, but a community where you're, you're actually interacting with people face to face. And that can come through networking too. It doesn't have to be all started via online. Like that could be you've developed a community because you're always at estate sales and you've ended up meeting a couple of other resellers and you met a few people who run estate sales. And next thing you know, you guys have your own text chain and it's like, Hey, there's another estate sale coming up. Uh, I can't make to this one, but it looks like they, and, and you start to develop community outside of that, but it's a really important thing to do. So, um, today we're going to be talking about, um, the, how you can learn best practices, sourcing and networking, and then the encouragement. So starting off with best practices, what are some of the benefits of uh, having a community and learning best practices? Or being part of a community, yeah. right? So, you know, before we started the podcast, I'd kind of done my own thing. And I had, you know, I did watch some people on on YouTube. You know, I watched the old school, like the college picker of Bonafide Hustler and, and, and so on. And what it wasn't until I got on social media, until I started communicating people on the DMs that I started seeing that a lot of people are going through what I was going through. Right. So whether that means with like policies, right. So some people were against returns and some people were for returns. And I remember from the beginning, I was never about returns. I was like, why would I do that? Why would I sabotage my own business? Why would I open up myself to scammers? And then through the reselling community, you know, just when we started posting and we started, you know, dropping the podcast, people hit us in DMs. And and in the, in the beginning, I don't know if we push returns as much, but I remember having a lot of conversations with other resellers and their thing was like, hey, Orlando, we've done returns for a long time. We did it before eBay even required it as part of a top rated seller status on eBay. And it really helps our sales. And not only that, it gives us leverage in case we get negative feedback. And that's something I probably would have never figured out had I not become part of the reselling community. Uh, as far as, you know, you can also come up with the best practices for as far as buying, right? I, I did not know that there was this whole world and maybe just my ignorance, but I didn't know that this is, there was this whole world of wholesale inventory. I didn't know that, that people went to the bins. Like, honestly, I didn't know about the bins until the podcast, hmm. which is weird. Did you know about hmm. the bins before the podcast? Um, I think I've heard people talk about going to things like that. There's places, but I wasn't hardcore reseller. So, um, I didn't, I didn't know about it in that sense. Like this is a sourcing opportunity for people. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think I'd heard it in passing, but not enough to say like, yeah, I know where the bins are or even what, which, which, uh, which, uh, thrift stores have them. Yeah. There you go. Or even negotiating like the, the book that we've read, never split the difference. I think it's Chris it's like, Voss. Yeah. Chris Voss. The only reason we picked up that book was there was one of our listeners had said, Hey, I read this great book. It's helped me out not only in garage sales, but on other avenues. And then Mike and I picked it up and we're like, Hey, this would be great for us to do a level up book review, which hopefully one day we'll come back to. Uh, and 
we learned a ton. And if it wasn't for us being plugged into the reselling community, which again, the podcast forced us to be in the reselling community. If Mike and I had never decided to do a podcast, I don't think we'd be on social media. I wasn't on social media at all. Yeah, Because, you know, at that point in time before the podcast, I really wasn't big on social media. At the same time, I kind of was figuring out reselling, but I will tell you, getting on social media expedited my growth definitely helped me to scale and it really is pretty amazing because a lot of people use social media uh in a way that like wastes time they <laughs> that just is true. what's the term like doom scrolling even reselling even reselling you, you certainly can um and and i've used the quote before that you know you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with and and i think the that transfers into the idea of reselling as well or into uh, social media, the accounts, maybe it's not just five, but like the accounts that you're interacting with most is going to be most representative of the type of person you either are or that you're moving towards mm-hmm. being. And I noticed that once I started figuring out social media can be used this way, then it was amazing to me that it it didn't really matter what the hobby was I was interested in. Maybe it's fitness. Maybe it was, uh, I'm, I'm kind of doing some homesteading stuff where, you know, I've got some livestock and, and growing food. And, and it's amazing. Like you can literally look up a certain type of plant and find that there are people who have social media accounts that are like focused on those types of plants and, or homesteading or, or whatever it is. And through those things, you learn a lot about the day-to-day activities, how to do this well, tips and tricks. And, and it goes with reselling you know, you can, you can follow and, and you can pick the people you're wanting to follow and the types of communities you're in. And you might just be in one where it's just, you know, just for encouragement or just for that motivation, uh, or just to give you hot bolos. But a lot of times you can get into ones where you're seeing, Hey, here's how this person is um, organizing their day. You know, you watch a, a reseller, you're part of a community and you're, you're in Reddit and somebody asks, Hey, how do I, how do I uh, plan my day to make sure that I'm hitting all these thrift stores? Or how do you guys do garage sales and, and and then list on the same day? Like, what is your method? And then you start seeing people explaining, well, for me, I try to do all my sourcing on two days during the week on this day and this day between these times. And then I have two days during the week where I, I really focus hard on listing. And then I have a day of kind of like cleaning up organizing and it's like a free day. So if I need to source or if I need to list more and, and you see that somebody's structure and how they do it, and then somebody else responds and they've got a different idea of how they do it. And somebody else says, yeah, but I've got kids that doesn't work for me. And then so somebody else is explaining, well, here's how I do. And so you just see the day to day of how people are doing things. And you can kind of pick and follow uh, the the people who you really want to emulate. Like these are mm-hmm. these are the people who are successful or or are at least moving in the direction that I want to be moving in. And so let's learn from each other. Let's not make all the same mistakes. And like you've said, like there are things that you wouldn't even know to do until you see somebody else mention it. Maybe it's a question somebody asked and you're like, oh, I never even thought about that. Or maybe it's um, a tip that somebody has given. This is a way of shipping. This is a way of packing. This is a way of handling uh, babysitting and and finding someone to watch your kids when you go sourcing. Or what if you have to drag your kids to a thrift store? How does that look different? Maybe the way you do it is different. Stop at the toy section first and give the kid a toy while you're pushing the cart around. There's so many different things you can learn day to day how to be a reseller just by learning from other people, there's so many times we want to reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. and, and and as if, hey, I'm just going to muscle through this and I'm going to figure all of this out on my own. And then you realize, hey, wait, there's been people who've been doing this for years and years and they've already found out the tricks. And if just by asking them, they give me those tricks and I can give them the tricks I've figured out. Hey, now we're all 50% more efficient with like 
two minutes of time. Yeah, agreed. I, I think about just the, at the very basic when it comes to even shipping. Like I have learned so much about shipping. I mean, I, I have learned, you know, how to use regional boxes. I didn't know. How, I didn't even know what those were. I mean, if you're not in the re, in any kind of reselling community, you're just doing things on your own, unless you are purposely like watching YouTube all the time or listening to reselling podcasts all the time, it's really hard uh, to pick things up. You know, uh, understanding that it's okay to Franken box. It's a, it's understanding that you know how to float a box, which we have a video on. But that was a, I learned that from another reseller. It wasn't like one day I sat around and said, Mike. I think there's this thing called floating a box that we should, you know, kind of do like, no, I learned, I learned from other people that that's how they ship. Right. I learned about how to have successful inventory. I mean, one of, uh, you know, the, the best tips I got in organization came from uh meeting sell quick ship quick, uh, right away earlier on in the podcast and, and checking out how they stored their inventory, how they shipped, how they did their bookkeeping. And had it not been for me deciding to engage in the recently community, obviously via the podcast, but they reached out too, and just you know, I, there was a time when I would hang out with them at least once a month, and I learned so much from them. They learned so much from me, and again, it helped both of our businesses. So definitely, definitely being part of the reselling community and not being just in this solitary place. Because I know a lot of people that that listen to the podcast and they're just not part of a community. I myself was. I remember before our podcast, I would just listen to Scavenger Life. You know, pretty pretty much every week when they dropped an episode, and that was that was pretty much my only engagement as far as listening or hearing what people are doing in the reselling business, which is a one way community, and that that's an okay start. Like in the episode where we talked about the different platforms you can use for having community, we talked about almost like there's levels. Like some of them are very low investment level, but you get quite a bit of information. Some of them are really high like effort. You have to put in a lot of energy and effort into and the return on investment looks different. And so, yeah, you can sit and and just learn and glean information from others. If you're listening to our podcast, hopefully that's what you do when you listen to us. Hopefully we provide some entertainment, but that you're gaining information. That's the, that's the key, right? You want to get some information from this, but it's very different. We have people who, and there's nothing wrong with it. We have people who've listened to every single one of our podcasts and we've never heard from them and we've never had a chance to interact with them. And we have other people who maybe have only listened to 20 or 30 episodes and they're like interacting with us and they're talking to us and asking questions. We're interacting with them. And now it's going two ways. It's not just a one way thing. And and there's a lot of those people, those listeners, because it's not like Orlando and I are sitting here with all the information, all the knowledge that we are the gurus, that we know reselling. And you're listening to us because we're the experts. Uh, we have some expertise and, and experience, but so many of the people, yeah. so many of the people that we listen to or so many of the people that we interact with our listeners, we're amazed. They know so much more about certain categories and certain ways of doing things than, than we probably ever will. And there may be some areas where we know more than them. And so when you all of a sudden can have that exchange of ideas, so instead of just the information traveling one direction, it it you can gain a lot of information that way. But when it starts to move both directions, I, I feel like you actually learn a whole lot more. Um, even if it's you're the one that's learning, if you can be actively engaged, it's like the difference of, hey, I watched a YouTube lecture from a college course versus I sat in a college course and got to ask questions and got feedback on my, my papers. Those are two very different experiences. And so there's nothing wrong with listening to a podcast, but if you can then interact and you can do that through Instagram or you can do that through the YouTube comments, there's various ways of interacting, but then you can get into ones where you're getting just that much more uh, back and forth, which is going to lead to an even deeper and more uh, profitable, I feel, community. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Now, I will push the 
the Discord here for a little bit. So if you haven't had a chance to support us on Patreon and you're like, hey, how can I reach out? Patreon's been the best way just for 555. Definitely helps us out. You know, Mike and I are, are finally getting to a place where uh, we're eventually hopefully being able to do more episodes. We we hit Mike and I talk about this all the time. We had a rough patch where in the early days of the podcast, we had all kinds of sponsorships and opportunities arose. And then, you know, things got interesting and, you know, we kind of lost a lot of that. And now we're kind of rebounding. And not only that, can you can you support us with the podcast, but you also get access to the discord, which is a thriving community. It goes from, you know, people learn bolos, hustle the week to people keep each other accountable. People just rant and rave. Uh, people just share, you know, stories of what's happened to them. Just a great place to be in a thriving community. Everything that we're talking about. So if you haven't signed up yet, go on over to patreon.com slash pierce the podcast to join us for just less than 18 cents a day and be part of a great community. Now, the thing that really, really has has helped out along with best practices has been the ability to source as a reseller in the community, right? The easy one is if you're not on any kind of social media and you don't just because you sign up for Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever, that doesn't mean that you have to engage. It could be one way and you can gain a lot of knowledge by being one way, by just going to our hashtag hustle the week, not our hashtag, but that, it, it really is. Like if you think, <laughs> I bet you the first it's slowly being taken over by other groups now. Though. I know that's why I said back in the day. Remember when I was pushing like when you do hashtag hustle the week, make sure you tag PHP in it. That way, ah, like people okay. knew that it was yeah. coming from us. This was this was this was the reselling hashtag. Oh well. But but listen, if you just go to that and you just spend two to three hours, you will have a ton of bolos under your belt, things to keep out for that will make you good money. Right. And, and, you know, on the discord, we have bolos that are dropped on Instagram. Mike and I drop bolos on the podcast. We drop bolos. I mean, there's just so much out there. Right. So I would say if you only have and I'm not saying fill up your life with podcasts and YouTube videos and and Instagram, and Facebook and TikTok. But for example, right now, there's a um, there's there's a couple individuals on TikTok that they have like this bowl of the day and every day they're sharing something. And while the algorithm Okay, it's pretty nefarious at times. It can also work to your advantage. So every day I get fed. Every time this person or these people drop this bowl of the day, I'm like, awesome. Like, I just learned something new that I had no idea before. I would say probably 80% of the things that are shared, I've never even heard of. So it's always good to to engage and to know uh, what you're looking for. And also, if you're trying to learn new niches, Definitely social media is a great place to be because the algorithm will feed you that niche. Like you had talked about the plant people. It It also applies to reselling. You know, so if you're trying to sell sneakers, if you're trying to sell trains, if you're trying to sell vintage toys, once you start following those people or following hashtags or watching those videos on YouTube, eventually the algorithms will begin to feed you those. Yeah. And social media is actually really good at that. Like you said, it can be nefarious because it it definitely can put you into echo chambers and, Mm -hmm. and feed you things that, that are more emotionally based and all of that. Uh, But it's pretty amazing. So I, I've never used Twitter. I had to use Twitter when I was going through my master's degree program for, um, for my college, my education thing. And it was like, uh, you know, educational Twitter. And I I felt like it was kind of cheesy at the time and I didn't really buy into it very much. And then we have the podcast one, but mostly the things we're doing on Twitter, like we're not actively like tweeting we're mostly on instagram and the things are just being like dual shared onto twitter Mm -hmm. and over the last i'd say it's only been like a month like there's a kind of a 
field that I'm in that I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to, I'm going to just check out some Twitter stuff. Cause I, I like this guy. I listen to this podcast. He talks most of the stuff he's doing. He's mentioning from Twitter. And so I'm going to go follow his Twitter. And it was amazing after I followed his Twitter and then it introduced me to a couple more people who are similar and had similar ideas. And next thing you know, I've, I've got a very curated follower base or that I'm following on Twitter and the information that I'm getting is just so specific to what I was looking for. And I had no, I just found randomly one podcast, one guy. And because of Twitter, Twitter literally opened up the door to like, wait a minute, there's like a whole network of people who are in this brand new world. And, and it's amazing because now I'm learning, I'm I'm going deeper into this and it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. And I'm then after like, you know, three weeks of just stalking Twitter, I'm like, you know, I'm going to start like responding to some people. Cause like I said, that, that two way communication, which then again, opens up more doors. Now I'm starting to, to have a little bit more credibility, even just in, in the questions that I'm asking, people are more willing to interact with me because I've been interacting with them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just amazing to think like, this is, we live in a very powerful time and, and it's so easy to just use Twitter for, um, or, or just use social media in general for things that are waste of time as opposed to like what is something i can learn what is something i can benefit from this and so learning a new niche is, is definitely one of those things that's going to be very powerful because it could be anything it could be a certain type of clothing it could be a fabric it could be you know uh, department 56 it could be rc airplanes like it doesn't matter what it is you're like i wonder if i should sell this i, I seem to have a source for this thing and the next thing you know within a few hours you could have an instagram basically page set up where you're following hundreds of people who that's their mm-hmm. thing and you're just getting fed just like top level college level information about this, <laughs> right? Like this is like, they're going deep into like, this is the history of Advanced this, this degrees. Is, and, and it's just all tailored straight to you. And it's more, it's more, I, I feel like it's, it's living as opposed to just, you can, there's times where you're, you're looking at information on the internet and you just find a, a website where something was published like three years ago and like half of those, the information is like, is this like a real thing? Or is this like a clickbaity yeah. website? Like, does this person who's writing this article actually know anything about this thing? Um, half the time it doesn't seem like they do. But when you're dealing with people on social media, you can quickly figure out like who, who's the people who know about this, this, this niche, this niche. And then who are the people who are going to be able to provide you that information? And you can quickly learn, Hey, this is profitable. This is not profitable. I really enjoy this or I don't. And within just a couple of hours, and that's through that community. And then you can build those connections where next thing you know, if it's ham radio, I've talked about that before you, you get into a group on Twitter or on Facebook with ham radio and you've learned that niche. Now you've got people who are putting stuff up for sale. Like, Hey, you know, I've got all this, this old equipment, I'm buying this new equipment and you can jump on those things because, and they're going to be more willing to sell to you if you've been a part of that community for a little while and, and interacting and learning as opposed to just, you know, some random person who shows up their door to buy something. Well, for example, too, not only new niches, but like new platforms, right? If you're trying to figure out how to use Poshmark, right? You, you've you've been on eBay, you've heard about Poshmark, or you've been on Mercari, and you're like, I wonder how eBay functions. And I got a perfect example. So Whatnot was one of those platforms that initially I tried. I tried like three or four times, and I had some success. And then after a while, I wasn't as successful, and I gave up. And, you know, we had this big uh, eBay inventory that we we're trying to sell through. And thank you to all of you that showed up to uh, our auction. It was another success, a lot of fun. So look forward to seeing all of you for our next auction uh, and which may not be the eBay inventory anymore. I am planning on doing more whatnot, but I had contacted uh, my friend Fernando, who here's what's crazy. OK, so Fernando uh, Funky Comedinos on Instagram. We literally lived eight minutes away from each other. Eight minutes away. I actually went garage selling and I sourced from him one time, but we never became friends. 
I don't even know. I whatever. It was weird. And so years later, you know, third year, I think of the podcast. Uh, we, I forget. He probably knows. I feel terrible. But somehow we we connected again. And I'm, he's like, hey, you remember you sourced for me? I'm like, wait, that was you. And so now he, he's done a whole year of whatnot. And I reached out to him when we had this all this eBay inventory. And, and if it wasn't for social media, if it wasn't for wanting to connect, I wouldn't have had this knowledge. And he shared with me how to do a ton of listings at once. He shared with me the best way to do shipping. He shared with me uh, the best way to make sure I drive traffic to our uh, whatnot and, and get and get followers to be able to have a successful auction and things worked out. Right. And so did I not have that connection? I would not have been as successful. So, and I want to throw it in real quick. If you have not signed up uh, for whatnot, we do have that $15 credit. Yeah. Uh, you just go to the link below. It's free money. It's, it's, it's surprising free. me how many people don't sign up and free 50. And it's free. also surprising me how many people sign up and they don't spend it. Right. And, yeah. and we see it spend on our it. side because the affiliate link and people don't spend it, spend that money. It's a free $15. Even if you source one thing for like two bucks and you pay eight bucks shipping or whatever it is and you flip it, you're going to make money. So definitely check it out. Go to the one uh, link below and get your free $15. But you know, that connection got me back on whatnot, got me understanding that, Hey, whatnot is a great tool. You know, if I'm trying to offload inventory quick, or even if I'm just, I would say the sourcing aspect of it. And many of you have caught on that one night is a great way to source. It's kind of like going to the thrift, but you don't have to drive. Everything's already pre-selected and it's probably cheaper <laughs> than a lot of your thrifts. So, uh, it definitely has helped. Now I would say one of the greatest things though, has been the sourcing and networking. You know, uh, we had interviewed the Latin Pickers years ago. Uh, it's been years ago. Isn't that weird? Years ago now. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Okay, two years at least, maybe three now. And I knew there were Amazon booksellers, but I didn't know there were Amazon booksellers. And I remember the first time I went to the warehouse and I remember seeing how everything functioned. I go, wow, like you could really scale. If you really wanted to sell books on Amazon, you could scale. And there are people that are very successful at this. And, and you know, hearing their story and hearing how they went from having bookshelves in their living room and in their bedroom, doing Merchant Fulfilled from their own home. Well, actually, it was from a van first, right? Yeah. Well, they had got a trailer and the trailer like pretty much flipped or fell off their car on the freeway. And then they got a box van, like an enclosed truck. And then they were selling out of that, out of a parking lot. And they said they had like police coming up to them. Like, what are you guys doing in here? And they just, yeah, so they had a crazy story, but yeah, the growth from, you know, that. And then what we can learn, you know, as Correct. a community from, from their experiences and what they've gone through. And that's a great thing too, is like people typically aren't, there are some people where it's like, Hey, I'm not going to give you my source. I'm not going to necessarily tell you like, Hey, uh, you know, call John at this number and ask for this deal and you'll be able to source all the things that I got. And then now I won't have that source. But like, we've had encounters where a lot of listeners or people on the discord have reached out to Mike and I and said, Hey, this is not our field. We don't really source right. here, yep. but here's some stuff. And we've had some gold mines of yep. stuff that we've picked up. And we've done the same thing. Like there's been times where it's like, Hey, I've got to pass on this. Cause this isn't, this isn't my field. This isn't what I'm into and offered it to somebody else. And they've, they've jumped on it and been made money. Uh, but, but just being able to learn from people, people aren't for the most part, not wanting to, to explain their processes. Now they're not, they're not, hiding hey here's my story here's what it took for me to get here. here's how many hours i work a day here's how i organize my stuff here's because most people realize that you're really not competition you know especially like when we talk about our discord someone's talking about pokemon cards or someone's talking about you know whatever it is and you know military equipment they can be explaining here's how i do this here's how i i ship these things here's how i take pictures here's the best here's the things to look out for 
because for the most part, unless you're talking to like your neighbor who's like sourcing all the same local places as you are, or you're giving up your exact, here's the website and you know, they, they have a limited supply. So go ahead and take what I need. That That's not what's usually happening. These people that you're helping out, you're just giving them information that, that they can use to further their, their business to make themselves more efficient, make themselves run more smoothly. And the reality is a lot of people just aren't going to actually take advantage of that information. You can tell, I could tell a hundred people, you know, 10 things that have totally changed the way I do my business and will totally change their business. And of those hundred people, maybe five or 10 of them will actually implement those things. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're creating competition in that sense either. But then over time you learn who are the five or 10 people who are actually valuing what I'm saying and I value what they say. And then now you've got this tight community and then you've got someone to bounce ideas and questions off of. And it's, it really is beneficial. So again, you know, I know for a lot of people, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to get on social media. It takes a lot to reach out to people, but I encourage you, you know, one step at a time, get out there. Cause I will tell you, it'll be highly profitable. It, whether it be that profit is gained through sourcing, whether it's, whether it's you're learning best practices, whether you're learning how to better ways to ship, there's definitely a lot to be said about the power of the reselling community. Yeah, you don't have to be there tomorrow. That's the other thing too. With everything we talk about, I don't think we emphasize this enough. You don't need to be, you don't need to go from zero to already there overnight. You don't need to, you don't need to go from, I've never used social media or I don't network at all to I've got a huge network of people and I'm communicating for hours a day. Um, same thing with growing your business. You're not going to go from, Hey, I sell 10 items a day to I'm running a warehouse overnight. The only thing you can do is just the next thing. Like say, what can I do this week, this month to, to maybe, maybe I think networking might be beneficial. Okay. Maybe I, maybe I follow a couple of resellers on Instagram and I just see what they say. And then maybe after a month, like maybe I should just comment on a couple of people's posts mm -hmm. and just slowly build. And before long, you'll look back after a year or two and you'll realize like, man, I've got like 10 or 15 people that have like, I've grown close with and, and we have a network now. And it was just because I did the next small thing here and there. And then that's what opens up doors and opportunities. Now we are leaving a lot of negativity out of all of this, but we're saving that for our Monday mini sode. Yeah. So if you want to hear about the negatives, <laughs> definitely check. It's going to be a fun Monday mini sode. I promise you, uh, we, we may, uh, yeah, we'll be throwing some shade. So anyways, uh, <laughs> Hey, Speaking of social media, if you have not been following us on social media, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pierce Podcast. We are Pierce Cast on Twitter. You can always give us a call at 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to the podcast and you've never come over to our YouTube, jump on over, hit that subscribe button, smash that like button, let us know you like the episode, and definitely hit that bell notification so you always know when those money mini sales drop and if you haven't commented yet let us know in the comments what has been one way that being part of the reselling community whether it's been through the comments on youtube whether it's been live in person you know meeting people at estate sales whether it's been part of being a discord give us one way that reselling has reselling the reselling community has definitely helped improve your business and as always thank you to all of you that jump on over uh to apple itunes and leave us a great review uh it's kind of slowed down a little bit uh we're still in the 600 club we're hoping to get to the 700 club here soon so you haven't had a chance to and you've really enjoyed the podcast really would love it if you go over just leave us a five-star review tell us why you love the show so others know why they should tune into Pierre's podcast and it definitely would help us out. And one last thing, if you're in need of bubble packaging or bubble wrapping, bubble wrapping 
to be able to bubble package an item. If you'd like plastic, there's bubbles that <laughs> will wrap go. and surround <laughs> items go. in a in a in a cloud of cushiony air. There you go. Also known as bubble wrap. One of the best options is a, or the I would say the only best option or the only option is American Bubble Boy. Go on over to our link, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. It helps, uh, helps you out. I got to tell you, that that stuff shows up fast. Uh, if you don't follow my Instagram, follow my Instagram. You'll see people's stories saying, hey, I ordered this two days ago, and it's here already. It's a great product, best price out there. I can't tell you how many years I bought that duck bubble wrap from Walmart. Yeah. Such a ripoff, and it wasn't even good. So go to AmericanBubbleBoy.com. They're the only option. All right, we got some uh, good hustle of the week coming here. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. All right. So our first one comes from Sean, IG handle uh, at uh, Hanson Hustles. Hanson Hustles. So went to a yard sale and picked up an interesting instrument and looked up comps. So listed it on eBay with a YouTube video for $749 and took an offer. So it was a Suzuki Port-a-cord Picked up for with $2. Bag. I forgot to put that in the notes. $2. So it's a Suzuki port-a-cord with the bag and sold it for $600 plus shipping. Yeah, the port-a-cord, man, that, that's, a, that's an interesting instrument. I, I know I had, had seen them before, but it had been so long, so I just looked it up. Yeah. And man, it's pretty a, cool, what though. A, what a crazy instrument. So his uh, YouTube video is pretty awesome. I think it sold it. Either, if you're not using the video option on eBay listings, you could also do the YouTube option, but you got to have some kind of video. It really sells a product. Yeah, especially if it's a if it's a high price item because people want to see it working. Like I sold a I sold Korg synthesizing um, vocoder. Uh, you've sold Korg before, mm-hmm. um, so especially when you start getting into like synthesizer type equipment, which is really what what this what this is. It's a it's a very trippy. I wonder when it came out. It looks like probably the '80s or something. Uh, but what a cool thing! We should I should play some. I wish I had had one right now that I can play some music on. Uh, but man, two dollars to six hundred dollars plus shipping—you just never know. Especially if you see some some weird looking instruments. Instruments are a hard one because I mean you're not really taking a big gamble on two dollars. But unless again, that's a, a niche that you're in and you know it might like, have been three dollars. You know? But either way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can let that slide. <laughs> okay, all right. No, but thank you, Sean Hanson Hustles, also on the Discord, dropping a lot of great knowledge. So. Yeah. All right, so this one comes from a Go Hustle LLC from the Discord. Uh, came across five Pokemon cartons at a yard sale and purchased each for a dollar. Lauded three of them and sold in two hours. Uh, animation limited edition 2003 sealed Pokemon tins with card packs. And so <laughs> you're wondering, like, what's the price? What's the right, because I didn't put them in the notes. No, sold them for uh, $200. Each or total? No, in total. Nice. Now, are those valuable? The 2003 tins? Uh, you know a little bit of Pokemon, right? I, you know, I, so I was in Pokemon. Gosh, I, mean, if, I don't know. If that was 2003. That would have been. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine. I think we we're probably just out of first edition at that point. We're not in first edition anymore. Probably in 2003. If, if those were first edition cards, the sealed tins are probably going for a lot more now because they may have been. Uh, they may have been, it says animation limited edition. So it might've been known what was in those packages. It might not like be a booster card. So that could uh, impact the value for sure. Now I did want to throw it out there that these sold on Mercari. Nice. Right. So we, we always think of like eBay, but I gotta tell you, we get a lot of Mercari hustles a week and I'm, I'm just debating whether I should be listing more on Mercari. Let us know what is your preferred place to sell high, high price. Maybe Mercari is good for collectibles. I don't know. Just kind of interesting. All right, so we definitely have uh, another uh, interesting one, and this is uh, I, I like these because 
this is like what we're sticking it to them. Yeah. All right. Um, so Clay IG handle at tactical arbitraging. What a great name. Uh, so went to the store that should not be named. Dun, dun, dun. And picked up a vintage Miami Dolphins hat due to its design. So it was $2 and listed on eBay. And it was a vintage 90s Miami Dolphins Drew Pearson graffiti snapback hat. And he accepted an offer for $160 from the store that should not be named. Sometimes they let stuff slip. Sometimes sometimes they don't not, catch it Not all. here, but wherever, wherever Clay's at. Hey, I'm sure they let stuff slip everywhere. You know, it's uh, they're I not. Can't think they're of the not, last time. They're not perfect. They're not perfect. That is true. That is true. I gotta tell you, I've not had success in snapbacks lately. Really? Yeah. I just every time I source, I just don't see them anymore. So, mm, so you haven't had success sourcing them. Not that they correct. like haven't been selling. No, no, they sell. They sell, but just just sourcing. Cool. All right. What's your hustle of the week? I have a story with mine. So yeah, mine's just a small one. Um, my store right now is on vacation mode stuff still selling which is nice um but it's on vacation mode because we're still in the process of a move and uh the the what i sold was a john rich and brothers uh wool rich sweater and so it's like 100 percent wool really cool i picked this up um i was actually in colorado visiting my mom and we drove to colorado and i remember we stopped at this thrift store and i picked up quite a few things and i don't think i paid more than two dollars for any of the clothing items mm. so i, I want to say it's probably two dollars or so for this uh the sweater uh, and I sold it for, it was like $38 total for the the sweater. So not a huge one, but you know, anytime you can just have these small bread and butter, you spend a couple bucks and you make, you know, yeah, it adds up. Yeah, you have 10 extra money on it. It's like, Hey, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that all day. I'll it's do that all sad, day. It, it's sad. So I always want to be careful hustle the week where we always feel that it has to be like some outrageous like thing. And which, which is good. I, you know, it's great. I well, mean, it's all good because these. we're spreading it across the community. And that's part of the thing too, is the reality is if you were to expect, could could Mike or Orlando have a I bought something for two dollars and sold it for six hundred dollars every week? There's no way. There's no way that's possible. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely impossible. And that's one of the downsides with with Instagram and stuff is you you tend to see highlights yeah. of things. Yeah, because I always post the high dollar stuff, right? Because I'm like, no one wants to know about the item I paid a dollar and sold for twenty five. Yeah, it's true. Right? But but the nice thing with having a community is you get. If you've got a good community, you actually have a better picture to say like, hey, let's say you got ten people you're interacting with quite often. And then one of those 10, like every so often, every month or two, it's like, hey, here's this really big deal that I had. That's like, this is like the haul of the year. And then, and then somebody else a few months later, and then it's you. And then you realize like, hey, this happens every so often, but it's not like every week for every person. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So mine, I, I got a story and then I got the hustle of the week. And I just thought it was fitting to share here because I almost had a hustle of like the decade or whatever. So I had, I think I mentioned this in the past podcast, uh, where I picked up a bunch of toys for 50 bucks, right. During like this lunchtime between a couple classes I was teaching and in it, when I was going through it, I found a, uh, vintage, uh, Boba Fett, uh, Lego minifigure. Now I didn't find the minifigure complete. All I found was, was the, the helmet and with the head, like the jetpack attached and the torso. And so I looked up comps and here's the danger. If you do Google image, remember Google image only shows you what people are selling things for, not what it's sold for. You Google lens. It's Google image. So you go to Google and you click on image. Yeah, but that's, that's not, it's, it's Google lens that's doing it. I'm telling you, Google image is not what, what you think it is. Whatever way you find it. Okay. But, uh, so I listed it and the comps were like 20 to 30 bucks and I listed it for like 30 bucks and within I I want I said two minutes on Instagram. I think it was within thirty seconds. 
uh, somebody sent me an offer of $20 and I accepted and it sold like that fast. And I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, cool. Like I paid $50 for this whole thing. I've already sold one item within, you know, minutes of listing stuff. I'm already halfway to make my money back. And I was happy with the sale. I was good. And then around midnight, I get a DM from somebody. And that DM said, hey, Orlando, is that the $1,400 Boba Fett that you sold? I'm like, what? What do you mean? $1,400 uh, Boba Fett. And I I went into the search bar and I put in Boba Fett Lego minifigure. And I put sold and highest price. And the highest price minifigure is a Lego Star Wars vintage Boba Fett. That looks almost exactly like mine. Now, it's very possible that I sold the helmet for $20 and I probably could have sold the helmet for 80 to 100 very possible. Now, <clears throat> the torso that I had didn't have decals on the arms. So if it had the decals on the arms, then the helmet and the torso, I could have sold for about $400. But it, and I, I sifted. So I, when I was going through these Legos, I literally was sifting like for gold. Like I had, I was going back and forth and I was putting through my hands and, and just getting all the minion figure pieces out. Right, now, is it possible that I lost Boba Fett's head within all those Legos? It's possible. But if you have the head, the helmet, and the right torso, you're talking about $600. If you have the head, the helmet, the torso, the right uh, legs, and the gun, it sells for $2,000. And I got to tell you, for a moment, I was like, I just sold something for $20 that I could have sold for maybe a few hundred dollars. And if I had found the head and, and, and here's the thing I had, a, I made a lot of a bunch of random minifigures and I was like, what if the other parts of like Boba Fett are in that? And I had the whole complete and I just like shipped away a part of the whole thing. Cause somebody else had messaged me on eBay and said, Hey, can I get a better uh, view of all your minifigures? Cause I had a lot of random pieces and I was like, wait a second. What if this person knows something I don't know? So I went back and, okay. Would I have wanted all the pieces? Sure. But I felt better that I didn't. You know what I mean? Like, like I slept better knowing I didn't miss out on a couple grand of money. But so that's a bolo. Look it up. Go, go to eBay. Look up Boba Fett Lego Star Wars minifigure. Highest price. And there, there's some crazy money for out there. Now, my bolo is... So when I remember that haul I had of all the free stuff I got, uh, I posted on Craig. Somebody posted on Craigslist or giving away Nintendo stuff. Now there was an, some other items I picked up at the same time, and I didn't mention this too much on the Instagram story or on the podcast. But uh, he had like this old vintage doll, like in a box. And usually I don't pick up dolls because most of the time there's not a lot of money. As, as that's been my experience. But since you know the guy was helping me out, I I told him I'll take everything for you. Like I don't want you have to go to the store that shall not be named. Let me be the store that shall not be named. And sure enough, a doll that I picked up there was an Altamoda Simona doll. Like it was kind of like an 18 inch doll. It was old. It, it, the way you can see on these vintage dolls where they're made or their names on their neck, it's like embossed. So it was made in Italy. And I didn't see any comps. So I listed it for like 400 bucks. I didn't think it was worth 400, but I thought, hey, maybe somebody wants it. And somebody offered me 150. And yeah, I'm going to take it. I mean, it was free. I already made my money back <laughs> the first sale I had. And so, yeah. And not only that, from that, I also sold a steering wheel uh, for $120. So that free haul, 
is going to easily make me over a thousand dollars. Nice. So anyways, that is my hustle of the week. So keep an eye out for Automota Simona doll made in Italy. Good stuff. There you go. All right. Hey, another item that's been really helpful has been the school shaver. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, these days, Mike and I have been insanely busy, but we're hoping that we're still looking smooth. Yeah. I'm not today because uh, as I was driving to work, I was like, it's going to be great. I'm going to, I'm going to shave after I get done with the gym and I'm going to look really good. And I realized like in the move, I had put the bag in another spot. And so it didn't make it into my gym bag. And so no, no skull shaver today. But the nice thing is nobody noticed because I skull shaved yesterday. There you and, go. Uh, shaved. It's now verb. Yeah. I verbed it. I skull shaved yesterday and, uh, and I still look better after a day or two of growth from the skull shave than I used to. And I would just like use a, a electric razor on my head. And so it's good. It's a great product. Uh, use promo code hustle capital H lets them know that we sent you. Uh, if you, if you, if you need a hair removal, pretty much anywhere, they've got products for you. <laughs> they do. They do. And, Male uh, and female. And so check it out and you hopefully won't, won't, uh, won't, won't be disappointed. Uh, to be honest, I've tried a couple of their products. My favorite is still the, the head shaving one. The pit bull shaver. Yeah. That, that, that's the best. The platinum. Other stuff. It's like, it's good. It's not, it's not terrible, but like the skull shaver, the head part, like their, their, their signature piece. That's it's worth, it's worth its, its price for sure. There you go. All right. Going back to the power of the reselling community. So here's the one where a lot of people don't talk about. This. I would say in the last two years, more people are, are doing this, but it's just the encouragement that you get. And I would say the encouragement more comes on the discord, uh, goes into joining, like being part of a close friends community or subscribing somewhere. Uh, and one of the ones is accountability, right? Making sure that you're being consistent in your business, make sure you're being consistent in your bookkeeping, you're being consistent in your listing. You're, you're just, you know, you're making sure that you're getting rid of those death piles and even our own discord, the accountability group, like not everybody's on there, but I see people every day going, Hey, I did my 10, I did my 15 and so on. Yep. So it's been good. Yeah, no, it's, it's really nice having some people to kind of hold you accountable. Cause if you're just doing your own thing, it's really easy to kind of just sit there and say, yeah, I'm good. I've done what I needed to do. Uh, but when you've got somebody kind of checking over you, it's like, again, if you've got somebody, if you've got a gym partner, who's going to be there in the morning, whether or not you get there, it's going to make sure you get up and get there, right? Because otherwise you're going to let them down. <laughs> it's that idea of having some, a little bit of accountability. And then a big thing too is motivation. Now I talked earlier about when I first started using Twitter for schooling, they like forced us like, you have to follow five teacher accounts. And they talked about like PLNs and PLCs, which are like personal learning networks and personal learning communities. And at the time it was like, this is cheesy. But I do remember that like the more I was engaged with like reading books and doing that Twitter, like there was, there was a more internal motivation. Like I yeah. wanted to be a better teacher for when sure. I'm seeing other people posting the things that they're doing teaching wise. And then the same thing is true with reselling. When I'm engaged with people who are like, look at what I posted. Oh, check out this new sh uh, shipping hack that I have. Or, oh, look at, you know, I'm going out sourcing tomorrow. Uh, these are the areas I've, I've you know, done. And, and you're seeing these things. It, it just creates motivation inside of you. You're like, yeah, I want to do that too. Especially because, like I said, you are kind of the average of the five people you're around the most. Uh, that's like a common quote. People, I don't know who originally it, it, it goes to. But I think it it goes along with was being on social media as well. And so if you are constantly interacting with people who are highly motivated, 
even if they're not all always highly motivated, but you're going to, it's like a cycle. It's like you feed off of each other. Uh, those kinds of cycles happen with a lot of things. If it's like anger, if, if, if you're the people you're talking to are angry, it makes you angry. And so you're angry in your responses and then they get angrier about everything. And then it just kind of bubbles up, but we can use that same principle of kind of multiplying of emotions for good. If you take a bunch of people together who are, are, are working really hard, they're highly motivated. Hey, that makes a huge difference. And you'd be surprised. You've got a few people that you're interacting with on Discord or Reddit or Instagram or on YouTube comments or whatever type of network you decide to build. Next thing you know, their motivation is rubbing off on you. And you're you're thinking, hey, I can just do nothing or I can be, you know, super awesome like Orlando and get out there and source <laughs> so, it. But, but here's the thing. So it's been a really big encouragement in those moments where I've had a really bad garage sale day or I've had a terrible return or or just just things have not gone right. Right. Because there's multiple ways it can help. One is, you know, I, I go, I, for example, on the discord, I'm like, hey, today was a rough day. And other people are like, it's rough. But other people go like, hey, this is what I what I found. This is what I was able to come across. And so that becomes really encouraging because it's like, all right, maybe I had that rough patch. Maybe I had that rough moment. But at the same time, there's always going to be another opportunity around the corner. So next time I'm like, all right, I know what to look out for. I know that I can still find scores. And so this is not the end, right? Or you have a slow sales day, right? Here's the thing. Everybody can really get negative really quick, right? You can get on social media. People are like, oh, sales are terrible. Sales are terrible. Uh, But the beauty about being a part of reselling community is not only can people empathize with you, but they can also say, yeah, you know what? Two weeks ago. It was pretty rough. And then I just kept listening. I stayed focused. I kept sourcing and things eventually rebound. Right. I can only imagine if I wasn't part of a community and I had those really terrible weeks, like how how rough it would have been, yeah. you know, like not knowing that, hey, you know what? It's not just me going through it and not knowing that, hey, things will rebound. I would say that's been one of the big takeaways in being part of the reselling community. Yeah, that's good. And then uh, kind of just being able to find your tribe, like find the people who are are your people. So even if you are like an introvert and even if you are somebody who's like, you know what, I don't want to be dealing with people in the office and all of that. There does come a place in time where you kind of feel super alone. You don't realize that there are not just hundreds, but there are tens of thousands of resellers out there doing pretty much what you're doing and living similar lives and having similar issues. And when you can kind of find your tribe and connect with those people and, and, and very specifically, because sometimes you might be in a, in a, a community, as it were, of resellers like, yeah, these are all people who do Amazon. But, you know, like I, I really kind of just like make mm-hmm. my own things. I make I make stuff and I like to like repurpose things and sell them on Etsy or on, on, Etsy on, tribe. on whatever it is. Yeah. You find the people who do the thing that you do. And it's perfectly fine to learn from other people. Maybe you're like, yeah, I, I really learned most that I learned about shipping from these Amazon guys. And I learned most of what I learned about uh, organization by these, you know, booksellers or whatever it is. But find your tribe, find the people who are doing the thing that you're doing, because it's really nice to know you're not alone. Because sometimes it's so easy because we are a very connected world, but sometimes we're we're so, we're so individualized in our own things. We're in our own little bubbles so much of the time that it's, it's easy to forget that there are people who, who are like you and that have similar interests and similar passions. And when you can just find some people to connect with on those things, not only does it develop chances of, of, you know, getting bolos or getting learning about the niche or learning. Sometimes it's just nice to find the people who are your people. Hey, these are the people who think like I think. Uh, and not that it's bad to have diversity of, of friends who are, hey, this person I know is a lawyer and this person's a doctor and this person's a, a teacher and this person's a plumber. Like, that's good. 
but it's really also nice to have a handful of people you could say, these are the people who do what I do, who think like I think, who have the same stories that I have. Because that's one of the things that we love so much about our Discord is you see, you hear the stories and you're like, mm -hmm. yep, yep, I remember that customer. And you just can't tell that story at the break room with people, you know, around the office. <laughs> like, and what are like, you talking about? Okay, yeah. like sounds, sounds like you had a weird customer. And you're like, no, you don't get it. So it's just nice to have people who, who are your people and you can connect with and just not feel so alone in this big massive world that is so true though like because i can't tell you how many times like even I, I still do it like people that aren't even resellers or friends of mine i'm like they're like asking me what i did and like i explain like oh yeah i went and you know i picked up uh, all these toys and, th and they're like what I'm like what like you why are you so said, excited about you could have just said I, I buy stuff and i sell it yeah but you know i i just i i gotta keep it real right and so it's just it, it is interesting because i haven't thought about that com component that when you're part of community, you do find your tribe. And I've been part of different tribes. Like initially when we started Peers of Podcast, I very much connected with a lot of Amazon sellers. I was doing, I would say 90% of my business was Amazon. And then luckily through being part of the reselling community, I slowly started shifting to eBay. I started selling uh, vintage goods. I started selling vintage collectibles. And now I'm in that whole other world. But luckily I've been part of the reseller community. So the shift wasn't that difficult. Right. And, and granted, do I still have those connections with Amazon sellers? Yes. And if I ever want to jump back into Amazon, I have that tribe I can go to and go, hey, listen, I've been out of Amazon for a little while. Uh, I, I have some questions and they're willing to help. And I think uh, along with, you know, the idea of, you know, you have somebody that actually understands what you're going through and and somebody that doesn't look at you like you're crazy. You also have the ability to pivot when you need to or or be able to adapt and learn how people are adapting and you can also adapt and you can be successful. But the power of the reselling community, there's so much. I mean, we've, we've gone through best practices, how to source, how to network. We talked about the encouragement, the accountability and really encourage you. We're not just saying, you know, again, I've said not just our discord, not just a podcast, just find, find that place where you can be part of reselling community. Maybe it's not even on social media. Maybe it's you, you know, you see the same people all the time at the thrift store or maybe you see them at a garage sale or at the state sales, reach out, go, you know, I've seen you a lot. You know, I know you're a reseller. And some people will be like, eh, I don't want to talk to you. And that's okay. But some people, you might strike a conversation. Who knows? Maybe it'll be that lifelong friendship. Or maybe it'll be that great networking ability of, hey, I look for this. You look for that. We'll make sure to call each other. And you're going to have that constant flow of inventory. But either way being part of a reselling community is really powerful and with that being said make sure to be real be relevant and be reselling late peace